Um, so tonight we're in part two of a little mini-series that we started last week. Uh, you can grab your outlines. Uh, last week we started this series on toxic people. Um, and for those of you that were here with us, you know that we looked at this man, um, a man named Saul. King Saul. And, and I just want to kind of give us all a brief recap for those that weren't here and good for those of us that, that were here. Because this was truly like a very toxic guy that we looked at last week. Like King Saul, as we read, um, we saw this man who, who at one second, you know, he loves David. We looked at this story between King Saul and, and David. Many of us know David from David and Goliath, um, same guy, same kid, 17 years old. And we looked at this story of just kind of this, this crazy, toxic relationship between these two people that just God kind of like plays out and lays out before us. And, and we see David, who has just uh, defeated Goliath. And in the next moment, in that same moment, you know, Saul's offering a, a reward for this victory that he had. And he's so excited about you know, David, you know, defeating this giant man. And then the next second, he's literally throwing a spear at David, trying to kill him, right? And, and we move forward, and then the next second, uh, Saul loves David again, right? And he's, he decides to offer the hand of his oldest daughter to David in marriage. And, and then the next second, he hates David again. And then he's giving the hand of his oldest daughter to somebody else in marriage after he had just offered it to David. And then the next second, he's offering the hand of his youngest daughter to David. And then the next second, he's throwing another spear at David and trying to kill, kill David again. And then the next second, he loves David again. And then the next second, he's saying, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and send David out. And I'm going I'm to be a man of my word this time and, and let him marry my youngest daughter. But I'm going to require that he go out and kill 100 Philistine men, right? Like, he has this crazy task for for David to go out and kill these men. And, and it wasn't because he thought David could actually do this. Like, that's something that we focused on last week. It wasn't like he was saying, you know what, David, go out and kill these men. I know you can do it. David was a 17-year-old kid. But he was doing it because he knew that if he required such a crazy uh, task for him to achieve, he knew that was going to be 100 chances that David had to actually die because the truth of the matter was Saul didn't want David alive and it was like one second he loved him the next second everything was all good and and he just kept changing his mind and, and we kind of thought about the people in our lives that are like that right like toxic people that's just kind of what they do like one second they're our best friends one second they love us one second they want what's best for us the next second they hate us and it's like a roll of the dice every time we encounter these toxic people in our lives where we're just like man which version am I going to get today, right? Like, who's going to show up today? So we get to this point in the story where David, David finally leaves, right? After all this stuff that was happening. And the crazy part, as we saw last week, was why didn't he leave before? Like, this was a, a period of time where all these bad things, and we concluded that, you know, David just had a lot more patience than you and I, right? Because... <laughs> be honest, the first time Saul would have thrown a spear at me, I'd have been out the door and gone. But David had a lot more patience than most of us did. But he runs away from the kingdom and the, and the king, and he's literally a wanted fugitive, right? Like, he's number one on America's most wanted list. Like, Saul is sending out everybody he can to try to find David to, to kill him. And, and he's sending everybody out because he just wanted him dead. And we pretty much were able to conclude that Saul was just a toxic 
crazy, crazy, crazy person. Now, on your outlines, there's three points, four points actually, that we had last week that I kind of just want to go back over briefly because I think it's important when we talk about how as Christians, how as followers of Christ, are we supposed to deal with these toxic people in our lives? Because we all have them, we all encounter them. So number one, I, I filled it in for you. It was last week's point. Number one, when somebody attacks you, don't attack back. So in other words, as we saw in the story where David is being attacked by Saul, he's not turn, turning around and mirroring that behavior that he's getting back, right? Like Saul throws a spear at him. David doesn't pull it out of the wall and then throw it back at Saul to try to kill him, right? But the fact of the matter is that's many of our reactions when we encounter these toxic people, right? Like somebody attacks us, whether it's physically, whether it's verbally, whatever the case may be, and our initial reaction is to swing back, right? Like if somebody walks in this room, even as a pastor, and they punch me in the face, the biblical thing would be to turn the other cheek. But I can tell you, I'm not a perfect man, and I'm probably just going to take a swing back, right? But, but God is wanting us to understand something in this story that, that we see in David is when somebody attacks us, when these toxic people come into our lives and attack us, we are not to attack back. Number two, the second thing that we looked at was in these toxic relationships that we have with people, we need to understand to expect difficulty and perform under pressure, right? So, so King Saul has this crazy demand of David where he says, go out and kill 100 Philistine men and I will then give you the hand of my younger daughter in marriage. So what does David do? We saw that David went out and he actually killed 200 men. So he took that crazy crazy demand that King Saul gave him and said, you know what, I'm going to double that. And we looked at the fact that sometimes in life, that's the best way that we can handle those toxic relationships, whether it's at work, whether you have a boss that seems to just be demanding so much of you and so unfair and seems to have you under a microscope and everybody else can just come and go as they please and they demand the world of you. Sometimes the best response is to rise to the occasion, expect them to be harder on you, rise to the occasion and perform under pressure. Number three, what we looked at was God will use toxic people in our lives to reposition our opportunities and relationships. In other words, when we come across those toxic environments at a workplace, God might use that toxic work environment to reposition us in life, to, to, to take us into a, a better work environment. That, that horrible boss that you had five years ago that you don't have anymore, God may have used that person to take you where he wanted you to be. Those toxic relationships that you have, like thank God for those toxic relationships because he brought you into a better one. As I talked about with my wife, like previous relationships that were bad on, on both sides, like thank God those happened because God brought us to a better place. So when we're faced with those toxic relationships, toxic situations in life, understand that God has something better and he may just be trying to push you into something better. Uh, and finally, we looked at this idea of letting God fight our battles for us. Now, that one was the hardest, and, that, and that's kind of where our focus is going to be tonight, because it's something that I think we all need to understand, because as I said, our initial reaction is to take matters into our own hands when we encounter these people, right? Like, it's to fight back, it's to swing back, but we understood and saw in David, like, David didn't try to fight back. But David let God fight his battle for him. So tonight we're going to be wrapping up this little mini-series on, on how to deal with toxic people. And, and we're going to be looking at the end of the story that we started last week. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up with me to 1 Samuel 24. We're going to be mainly focusing on verses 11 through 18. I have a few other verses I'm going to read, but 
not nearly as much as last week, so I'll probably get you out of here at a, at a decent time tonight. So we can all go home and sleep, right? So let me just read this uh, real quick for us. 1 Samuel 24, 11 through 18, and it says, See, my father, look at, look at this piece of your robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. See that there is nothing in my hand to indicate that I am guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you. But you are hunting me down to take my life. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me. But my hand will not touch you. As the old saying goes, from evildoers come evil deeds. So my hand will not touch you. Against whom has the king of Israel come out? Who are you pursuing? A dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be our judge and decide between us. May he consider my cause and uphold it. May he vindicate me by delivering me from your hand. When David finished saying this, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good things you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. So we get to the end of this story, and what a beautiful picture that God is kind of laying out before us. And, and as we talked about and saw last week, David has reached this point to where, where he's left the kingdom, right? Like all these terrible things have been done to him, said about him by King Saul. He's on the run. He runs into some other people that are, that are out there as well, and they build this army. And, and Saul is out there trying to track him down, and he goes into a cave. Saul and his army, they go into, well, Saul goes away from his army, goes into this cave to relieve himself, right? So that's right before where we're picking up tonight. We talked about last week. So he goes in to, to do his business, whatever, you know, number one, number two, number three, you can use your imagination. But he goes in and, and he doesn't know that David and this giant army that he has built are actually a little bit further back in the cave. So they're, they're back in the cave, just kind of waiting. And, and David had this moment where he had this choice to make, right? Like his soldiers behind him were encouraging him, like, dude, go take King Saul's life. Like, I can just imagine being in David's shoes and thinking about and being reminded and seeing Saul of all the chaos that he had caused in my life, right? Like, we have those situations where we think we're past certain things or, or we're over certain certain trials that we were put through or, or pain that was caused by other people, right? Like, and then we run into that person at the store or we hear about that person and then it's like, boom, we're flooded with that emotion. And I can imagine being David and seeing King Saul at the front and, and thinking about all he had put me through and thinking all the terrible things that he had done to me and, and thinking, you know what, here's my chance. Like, here's my chance to get him back. Like, here's my chance to make him pay for what he's done to me. And as we talked about last week, that's pretty much the way the rest of our world works now, isn't it? Most of us have been, you know, found ourselves in those, in those situations where we have had a toxic person in our life either do something terrible to us or say something terrible about us. And our first reaction is to either A, do something worse to them to make them feel worse than they made us feel, or B, say something worse about them. And yet we see in this story, that's the exact opposite mindset that David has, right? Like we pick up in verse 11 where he's just not doing that. That's not the mindset that he, that he has. And as I shared last week, I'm going to share with you again, uh, nowhere in the Bible do I ever find it saying, treat poorly those who treat you poorly. Gossip about those who gossip about you. You know, instead, the Bible paints a different picture and gives us the exact 
opposite mindset to have. And yet that's the, mind, that's the road that many of us travel down. And I don't want you to, to sit here thinking I'm lecturing you because I'm talking to myself too, right? Like our first reaction in life when we're, when we're wronged by somebody is to seek that vengeance, is to seek that revenge. And, and what I thought about as I was reading this, and I thought about, you know, the times in my life when I was wronged by somebody, a toxic person, and how I wanted to just make them feel, feel worse. And, and I thought, you know, that would somehow make me feel better, right? Like, if I can just hurt them as bad as they hurt me, then I'll feel better about what's happened, you know? But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't work, you know? And that's not what David, that's not what David does. And, and for whatever reason, our brains tell us that if we can just get them back, we won't be so upset by what they did to us. Or somehow it'll, it'll kind of belittle what, what pain they caused us. I can just make them feel as bad as they made me feel, then I'll feel better about what was done. But the fact is, when we get that revenge, when we seek that vengeance in life, when we seek revenge against those people that have hurt us, it doesn't wipe away what they did to us or what they said about us. Like, that terrible thing that was done to you by that toxic person, after you get that revenge, after you pay them back for what they've done to you, the, whatever they did to you still happened. Whatever they said about you, they still said it. It, it doesn't wipe those things away. And, and all we are doing when we seek that revenge and we try to get that vengeance on, upon those people is we're matching crazy for crazy. Now, as we talked about last week, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we are called to rise above that type of mindset. So tonight we're going to be looking at just two final points that I have for us on, on dealing with toxic people. So number one, how do we deal with toxic people? How do we respond to toxic people? How do we respond to toxic environments, situations in life? Number one on your outlines, stop trying to get even. I want to back up a little bit in our story, and I'm just going to read this for us. First Samuel 24, verse, verse 4, it says, The men said, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. So these are the soldiers talking to David, right? These are the soldiers. Saul has just walked in. He's, he's going to the restroom. And his men, David's men are saying, this is the day the Lord is talking about. Like, go get him. And David's in the cave with his army. And, and these are men that he has spent a lot of time with. These are men that he confided in. These are men that he loved. These are some men that became his closest friends. And, and these are the men that he would bounce ideas off of and that he would go to for advice and and we have this moment where King Saul is literally unarmed in front of the cave all alone with his pants literally down, going to the restroom, and he's doing his business. And without even skipping a beat, David's soldiers are turning to David. David's friends are turning to him and saying, dude, go get him. Now's your chance. Like, you cannot have a better opportunity. And if you don't want to do it, we'll go do it for you. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, yeah. Like, they are giving him great advice. Like, David, go get him. Make him pay. Like, this is your chance, man. Like, go get him, bro. Like, sneak up behind him and just, like, slit his throat, you know? I know I'm getting a little graphic, but, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, like, man, yeah, like, totally. Like, make this guy pay. Like, this guy has tried to kill you multiple times. He's still hunting you down. Like, here's your chance to just resolve the issue and just pay him back. 
But David does something much different. He, he turns to his friends, he turns to these soldiers, and he says, no, you know what? I'm not going to kill him. And, and the truth is, many of us sitting in this room have friends just like these soldiers that David has in his life. You know, the, they want us to seek that revenge. We have, we have friends in our lives, and, and honestly, at times, they give us terrible advice, don't they? Right? Like, they love us, and I have some amazing people in my life that love me dearly, that care about me. They want what's best for me. But honestly, when things like this in life happen where I come across toxic people and they know about that or I share that with them, like, it ticks them off. Like, it makes them mad. They hurt with us because they love us and they care about us. And guess what? If somebody does something that hurts me and I share that with them or I come across a toxic person and I'm sharing that with my closest friends or my loved ones, their first reaction and the first words out of their mouth aren't usually, oh, wow, Matt, man, that is terrible. You know what we need to do? We need to stop right now. We need to pray for them. You know, we need to, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to fast. For about five days and we're going to truly ask god to just convict this person that they would become a better person um you know god is going to do something real real great here in this person's life like when i'm sharing these things and my, my closest friends are understanding these things and the pain that's been caused like that's not their first reaction right like and many of you are sitting here shaking your heads like oh yeah i have friends like that right like they totally they aren't saying that their first response is typically like oh wow like I'm sharing these things and I'm watching them and I can almost see the steam coming out of their ears as they're getting mad, right? And they're like, okay, wow, yeah, okay, they did that to you? Hmm, interesting. Oh, they said that about you? Are you serious? Here, uh, unrelated topic, uh, where do they live? <laughs> I'm not gonna, don't, don't, don't worry, man, I'm not gonna do anything stupid. You know what, Here, here's one better. Here's, here's a napkin, can you draw me a map to their house? I'm not, it's, I know, it's weird, re weird request. I'm not gonna hurt them, I'm just gonna go over there and, and talk to, have a godly, I'm gonna go lay hands on them. You know, I'm gonna lay hands on them and pray, you know, pray for them. I'm gonna go give them a holy handshake is what I'm gonna do, right? Like. Any of you have friends like that, right? Like their first reaction isn't, let's pray for them. Their first reaction is, dude, let's do this. Like they, they messed with the wrong person. You know, let's go make them pay. And that's exactly what we have here in our text. David's soldiers are like, David, you told us the stories about what this man did to you and the pain that this man caused you. Like we understand what he put you through. Like here's your chance, get him. And you know what? If you won't, we'll do it for you. But as I read this story and I thought about this, and I thought about that thought of revenge, right? Because that's, that's kind of what they are encouraging David to go get, right? Like they're encouraging him to go get revenge. And as I thought about revenge at like the deepest spiritual level, like what revenge is really saying is, is what, it, what it's saying to God is like, you know what, God? I don't trust you to deal with this person. Um, this person wronged me and I can't turn it over to you because I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to deal with this person. And, and not only do I not trust you, God, but if I get my own revenge, if I seek my own vengeance, then I get to determine how this person has to suffer for what they've done to me. I get a firsthand look, and I get to determine what kind of pain they have to feel because of what they've done to me. So revenge is like saying to God, you know what, God? Not only do I not trust you, but I think I can do your job better. And you might give this person a pass, and not make them pay the way that they should, so I can really give this toxic person what they truly deserve. I can make them feel 
what they've made me feel. And I was, I was watching this sermon and listening to his pastor online. His pastor was talking about revenge, and he starts telling this story about, uh, about a buddy he had that, that lived down south in the L.A. area where there's a lot of traffic. Anybody like me hate traffic? Yeah, right? Like, it's terrible. Yeah, right. And he was talking about this friend that he had that would literally carry around golf balls in his center console. And as people would come and cut him off, he would just wait and work his way up through traffic. And when he got in front of the person who cut him off, he would just take the golf ball and, like, stick it through the sunroof and let it just bounce back and hit a car. And, like, he would literally throw golf balls through a sunroof to, like, teach them a lesson. And I know this seems crazy, but I think we have all done things like this, right, to those toxic people in our lives to get them back. Like... We have either said things that are worse or we've done things to get them back to make them feel bad for what they've done to us. And, and as I was studying this and, and I was thinking about revenge, I was thinking about my own life. I was thinking about the times in my life where I sought that revenge and I got that revenge. And, and I realized something. Revenge doesn't work, does it? The times that I've done this, I actually felt worse after getting that revenge and making that person feel bad for what they've done to me or making them feel worse. After getting that revenge, I actually felt worse after doing that than what I did before from what they did to me. And we see David's response here isn't to seek revenge, is it? In verse 7, it says, With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. So, so not only do we have David here who, who is refusing to seek revenge against Saul when he's given a perfect opportunity, like he didn't have to, like many of us, you know, what we do when somebody hurts us is we plot out a plan, right? Like we're planners. We're like, okay, this person thinks they got me. They really... They really hurt me. I'm going to sit here for the next month and I'm going to plan and I'm going to wait until they've kind of settled into their life and forgot about everything and I'm going to get them back and I'm going to get them back hard, <laughs> right? Like, but David isn't doing that. Like he isn't sitting there planning out and plotting out, you know, his, his revenge. And, and not only is he not plotting out his revenge or trying to get it himself, but he's, he's not allowing any of his soldiers to do it for us, right? Because that's what some of us do, right? Like, we don't want to get the revenge because then that means we have to do something bad. And, you know, we're, we're good Christians, so we can't do anything bad. But we have some friends, right? <laughs> like, and if they do it, I didn't do it. So it's really, I don't really have to feel bad. But I can put a little bug in their ear and say, you know, I can send Jermaine and be like, hey, Jermaine, dude, handle my business. Like, dude, like... This, this person, this person is a, is a jerk and this is what they did to me. Like, you go take care of it and I'll keep my hands clean and I, I won't have to worry about it, you know. But, but David doesn't do that and his, his, his soldiers are encouraging him like, dude, go get him. Do it. Do it. We'll do it for you. But instead, what does David do? Instead, he offers Saul forgiveness, right? Because if we think about revenge at the most deepest spiritual level, the opposite of revenge, the opposite of seeking vengeance is forgiveness. And it's forgiveness that he offers Saul that Saul does not deserve. Forgiveness that Saul doesn't even ask for. Notice here in the scripture as we're reading this, Saul's at the, begin at the front of the cave and David sneaks up behind him. Saul thinks he knows where David is. He obviously did because he ends up in the same cave that David's in with his army. But I want you to notice, Saul doesn't go to his army and say, hey, I think, 
I know where David is. So what we're going to do is we're going to go find David so that I can just fall at his feet and grovel and beg him for forgiveness, right? Like that isn't what Saul's doing. Saul goes and says, hey, I know where David is. We're going to go out and kill him. So this is forgiveness that Saul, one, doesn't deserve, and number two, isn't even asking for. So, so how do we deal with these toxic people in our lives? Well, my final point for us tonight, and without a doubt, probably the most important thing that we need to do when dealing with these toxic people in life, and the most important thing that we need to understand is, how do we deal with these toxic people? Well, we forgive. So number two on your outlines is we forgive them. Now we're going to end on this point tonight because it's a little complex. Um, we hear this word forgiveness in church a lot and we, it seems so simple, right? Like it seems like, oh, forgiveness is easy. And yet it really isn't. There are so many things that kind of go into forgiveness that honestly I didn't even understand in my own life for a long time. As we saw in the scripture tonight, David gets to this point to where he sneaks up behind King Saul. He cuts off a corner of his robe. He waits for Saul to get a little distance off, and he, and he holds it up, and he says, Look, man, like, I could have killed you. Like, I was this close. I could have killed you, but I didn't. And as I sat and I read this, and I was studying this scripture, and I was looking at this, I thought to myself, Wow, like, David had an opportunity to kill this man. David had an opportunity to just take this man's life who has caused him so much pain, and, and yet he offers him forgiveness. And I thought to myself, how different would our, our world look if we responded to toxic people the way that David does? Like, how different would the relationships that you and I have with our family, with our loved ones, with our significant others, how different would our relationships look if we offered those people the same forgiveness that, that David is offering Saul? Like, he isn't saying, here, man, like, I could have killed you and I didn't, so give me this. But he's saying, I'm just going to forgive you. Because the fact is there are toxic people everywhere. And, and the thing that we need to understand tonight is that it's, it's not really, it doesn't really matter what the person has done to you or what they said about you. That, that's really not important anymore. What's important is how you are choosing to respond. How are you choosing to respond to those toxic people in your life? Are you choosing to hold on to that bitterness and to say, you know what, I'm not going to forgive them. Not only am I not going to forgive them, but I'm going to go seek my revenge. It's not important what they did to you. It's not important what they said about you. What's important is how are you going to respond? Are you willing to forgive? And I know what some of you are probably thinking, you know what, Pastor Matt, that sounds great, but you just don't understand what this person did to me. Like, you don't understand what this person put me through. You know, you, you just don't understand. This per, what this person did to me was so bad, I'll never forgive them. And the truth is, I found myself in life saying that and, and having that same exact mindset with, with many different people and situations in life where, where the relationships were so toxic or the things that were done to me or said about me were so bad that I, I truly remember saying those words like, I will never forgive this person for what they've done to me, or, think, or even thinking it. And, and even as a pastor now, there are times where I'm not unwilling to forgive, but it, if I'm just being completely transparent with you, it takes me a little bit longer than it probably should. Now, it's easy for me to stand up here and to tell you, you know what, let's all just take a, a page out of David's book and just forgive those toxic people in our life. But the truth is, it isn't always that easy, is it? 
it isn't always as easy as just saying, you know what, I'm just going to forgive them and move past it. The truth is forgiveness doesn't always look the same in every single situation. You know, if you are in a relationship where somebody is either physically or emotionally or, or verbally abusing you, I'm not telling you that forgiving them means that you continue on with the relationship like normal, with no boundaries. Like, I'm not telling you to just go home and to say, you know what, this person's abusing me physically, emotionally, verbally, whatever. I'm just going to forgive them and we're just going to continue on. Like, that would be stupid because sometimes when we forgive people in our lives, it's not that we let them back into our lives. Because forgiving somebody and letting them back into our lives or continuing with the toxic relationship, those are two completely different things. But too many times in church and too many times within the church, we confuse grace and forgiveness. And we think that grace and forgiveness are the same things. And they aren't the same things. And I wrote this little question at the, at the bottom of your outline. What's the difference between grace and forgiveness? Because as I just said, so many times we think they're the same thing. Let me explain to you what the difference are. Grace is the removal of the consequence. So the difference between grace and forgiveness, when we forgive somebody, there may still be consequences that that person has to face. The forgiveness that we are offered by Christ has grace attached to it, to where there is no consequence. The consequence is removed. And so many times in life, we, we have this idea of forgiveness and, and we think that, that the two are the same. That if I truly need to forgive somebody, then, then I, can't, I have to continue on with the relationship or there can't be a consequence for what, what they've done. This idea of, of forgiveness is such a crazy idea, though. I, I ran into a guy several months ago. Never met this guy before, but I could tell, like, something was wrong, right? Like, you ever run into people where you just know something's, something's a little off? You ask them, hey, how you doing? And they're oh, I'm good, but you just know something is, something's off. So, so I asked him how he was doing. I could just tell, and, and I come to find out that, that he actually had a drug problem, uh, something that I could relate to uh, years ago, and... So I, I just kind of sat and I talked to him for a while and I come to find out that, you know, his wife had left him. Like his, his drug, drug problem had reached this climax where his wife literally like walked out on him and, and said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Filed for divorce, um, gone the whole nine yards. And, he, you know, he was still wearing his wedding ring and he really thought like he was hopeful like that, that she would come back and that they would be able to fix their relationship. But it just didn't look like she was going to. And, and another guy that I used to work with, but I became very close to was telling me about his family and just how, you know, he was trying to do the right thing and, and go to church and have a relationship with Christ and, and to really build his relationship with Christ and his family, you know, didn't believe the same things and they like to drink and they like to party all the time and, and kind of do their own thing. And anytime he would go over for a holiday or, or go over for a family reunion, like things would just get really ugly, like really, really fast. And it's like everybody I know has wounds that they carry that were caused by toxic people. And some are small wounds where it's just easy to say, you know what, you just need to forgive and move on and, and just kind of go on with your life and to move past it. And, but there's a lot of people, and there's people sitting in this very room, that the wounds that you're carrying that were caused by those toxic people in your life are deep wounds. I've talked to many people, I talk to many people on a weekly basis that have gone through some of the most horrific events in life caused by other people. I've talked to people and counseled people that have been 
that have been raped, that have been physically abused, that have been emotionally abused. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, and we could spend the next year in here, week after week, kind of looking at and trying to speculate why toxic people do the things that they do. But as we wrap up this series, I, I think the question that we really need to ask, and I think what we really, really want is to be set free of those things, right? Like, every time we encounter a toxic person, every single time, they leave these little cuts, they leave these little wounds behind. And our lives are never the same, right? Like we encounter these toxic people, they do something, they say something, and we start to get these little cuts and, and these little wounds. And I think what we really want in life is to be set free of those things. What we really want is to be happy and whole. And I mean, honestly, I don't want, I can think of some of the nastiest things that have been done to me in life, some of the most terrible things that were done or said. And I don't want the rest of my life to be determined by what somebody else did to me or by what somebody else said about me. Like, I don't want to live the rest of my life every day having it being determined by what they did. And, and I don't know what it is for you. Maybe for you it's something small, you know? Maybe for you it's something that you just need to kind of say, you know what, I can't, I can't change what was done. I can't, I can't change what was said. Uh, I can't change how the situation was handled. I just need to move on and, and forgive this person. Maybe for you, it was just some small, stupid, offhanded remark made by somebody that you don't even really like, so it doesn't even really matter, and you're not ever going to see the person again, so who cares what they think anyways, right? But, but maybe for some of you tonight, maybe, maybe those things that were done were, were done by somebody that you love. Maybe those things were done by somebody that you spend most of your time with. You know, maybe it was something that was physically done to you. And it's like, we want to put these things behind us, right? Like we want to move on from these toxic situations that we've been in. And, and so we try not to think about them. And, and I don't know if you're like me, but when I try not to think about something, I end up thinking about it even more, right? <laughs> like I tell myself, oh, I'm not going to think about what that person did to me anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive them and I'm just going to move on. And then, then I end up thinking about it even more. Or we do this thing uh, where we let some time pass, right? And we think, oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that person or thought about that, what they've done to me, so I'm over it. And then, like I said earlier, we run into them at the store and then it's like, boom. Oh, now I remember. And we're flooded with that pain that we never dealt with. You know, we're flooded with those thoughts and emotions that we thought we had moved so far past, you know? I, and I think as I was studying the scripture and I was, I was thinking about the, this thought of forgiveness, I think that's why freedom was so essential to all of Jesus' teachings, right? Like at the heart of his message was this idea of forgiveness, forgiving us for all of our sins. So, so why do we forgive those toxic people in our lives? Why do, why do we forgive them? Well, we forgive those people because he forgave us. We forgive those people in our lives that have hurt us, that have wronged us, because Christ forgives us. But, but I think this is where it can get a little confusing for us in church, because we, we, we understand that principle that Jesus has completely forgiven each and every one of us, that he's, that he's wiped the, sl the slate clean. So we do this, 
this thing where we think we need to do the same thing. But, but then we do this thing where we attach that word grace to forgiveness because that's how Jesus forgives us, right? He not only forgives us, but he offers that grace where there's, like we talked about earlier, the removal of the consequence. And, and we get this idea in our head where that's, that's how we are supposed to forgive others. And that's just not realistic. Let me tell you something. There are people in this world... There are people that many of you may even have in your life currently that are going to hurt you over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and you are not called. God does not tell us that we are to forgive them and to continue letting them hurt us over and over and over again. You are not called to continue letting them back into your life because sometimes forgiveness is remembering what was done. Sometimes when we forgive others, we are called to remember what was done to us so that we can put up healthy boundaries in our lives with those people so that we can prevent those people from hurting us over and over and over again. There are toxic horrible people in this world that if given the opportunity they will continue to hurt you on a daily basis over and over and over again and nowhere in the bible do i find god telling us that we are to forgive those people and to open ourselves up to them causing us more and more pain i don't see that i don't see that Nowhere in the Bible does it say forgive them and let them hurt you over and over and over again. That would just be crazy. And yet so many times in, in the church, that's what we, we think forgiveness is. Or, or you know, we find ourselves saying, th saying things like, oh man, they used to be really good friends with that person and now they don't hang out with them anymore. So they probably, probably did something bad and they probably haven't forgiven them, right? Or man, they used to spend so much time with them and we don't see them hanging out or talking anymore. Like they're probably super mad at them and probably need to forgive them, right? Like, man, shame on them. They should just forgive them and, and go back to being friends, you know? Like, we think things and we say things like this at, at times, but, but I want to tell you something tonight. Forgiveness does not mean that we continue on in the relationships with those people. Forgiveness and continuing on in a relationship, they don't always go hand in hand. You can truly forgive somebody. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, hear this. You can truly forgive somebody and never talk to them again. You can truly forgive somebody and never, ever have a conversation with them again. And sometimes that is the healthiest thing that you can do. You can forgive somebody and you can even, you can even do this thing where you forgive somebody and you never even tell them that you forgave them. I, I don't find that in the Word of God. I don't find that in the Word of God where it says every single person that you forgive, you need to go sit down and have a conversation with them and tell them that you forgave them. Just like we see in this story with David and Saul, Saul was now asking for forgiveness. So what good would it do for me as a pastor to encourage you to say, hey, that person that, that you know, physically abused you, that person that, you know, all they ever did was say terrible things about you, and they continue to live in sin, and they continue to want to do those things, they continue to want to hurt you, you need to go sit down and have a conversation with them and tell them that you forgave them. That would be crazy, because you would go sit down and have a conversation with that person, and that person would look at you in the face and say, you know what, I never asked for your forgiveness. I don't care if you forgive me. 
They're not worried about you. They're not worried about the forgiveness that you offer them. What we need to understand tonight is forgiveness isn't about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free. Forgiveness is saying to yourself, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life, I'm not going to spend another second letting what this person did to me or what this person said about me dictate how I live my life. When we are unwilling to forgive, we begin carrying around these bags, right? Like we, we begin carrying around this baggage and every time we encounter a toxic person and they do something to us that hurts or, or say something, we begin to add more to the luggage, right? We, we put more in the bags and, and after a while it gets, it gets so heavy and we become so weighed down by carrying around these scars and these wounds that other people have caused us that we literally cement ourselves into the ground and we can't even move. And there were times in my life when I was so unwilling to forgive and, and I was just constantly consumed by these thoughts of, of how terrible I was treated by this person or these terrible things that were done to me. And I was so consumed by those things that sometimes it felt like I couldn't even breathe. Where all I was consumed with was when is this person going to come and ask for forgiveness? When is this person going to come and feel sorry for what they've done to me? 90% of the time, they never came. I sat around waiting. I sat around waiting, not only for them to be, to, to be remorseful for what they've done, but I sat around waiting thinking, God, when are you going to make them pay? Because I, I'm kind of seeing their life from a distance and it looks like everything is going fine. Do you not remember what they did to me? Do you not remember what they said about me? Like, when are you going to make them pay? And I was, I was living and I was trapped in this, in this hell of a life because I thought, if he's not going to do anything, then, then, then what's the point? How fair is it that they get to continue living their life and, and have an amazing job and have amazing relationships with other people and, and to not have a care in the world? And here I am carrying and holding on to this pain that they caused. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Why do they get to keep living this awesome life with, with not a care in the world? Forgiveness isn't about the other person. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free because God did not create you to be weighed down by these things in life. He created you to be free from bitterness. He created you to be free from anger. And that's exactly what David understood in our passage tonight. And it's something that, that we need to understand. I want you to hear me. I don't care what that person did to you. I know that sounds harsh. So let me finish before you start throwing spears at me, okay? <laughs> I don't care what that person did to you. I don't care what that person said about you. If you are unwilling to forgive them, you aren't hurting them. They probably don't even think about you anymore. If you are unwilling to forgive, the only person that you are hurting is yourself. So I would encourage you tonight, 
forgive them. Move past whatever pain or chaos they caused in your life. Not to let them off the hook. Not to even have a conversation with them to say, hey, I just want you to feel better and knowing that I forgive you. Because they probably don't care. But I would encourage you to forgive those people in your lives. To set yourself free. Because we are not called to live a life weighed down by by what others have done to us. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for everybody that's sitting in this room, Lord, that I don't claim to, to understand what kind of pain they have been caused in life. God, I don't claim to understand the, the terrible things that have been done to them or, or said about them. And this idea of forgiving, God, and this idea of forgiving others is so, so complex of a, of a topic. Let us not be people that, that put forgiving people, this idea and this concept of forgiving people in a box to where forgiving people means that we just move on and continue living our lives as if nothing happens. Sometimes, God, sometimes that's, that's exactly what it means. But, but let us understand that forgiving others is sometimes remembering what was done. God, you have not called us to be people that open ourselves up to pain and to toxic people that are going to hurt us over and over and over again, God. That is not the desire that you have for our lives. God, may we be people that put up boundaries, that put up healthy boundaries with those people in life that, that seem to just have a mission of, of hurting us over and over again. God, any person that is sitting in this room that is holding on to that bitterness, God, that, that's unwilling to forgive, Lord, I, I, I pray for peace in their life. I pray that they would understand tonight, God, that this idea of forgiveness isn't about the other person. But they would forgive not to let the other person off the hook or to, to not feel so bad for what they've done, God, but that they would forgive to let themselves off the hook. That they would forgive those people so that they would not be tied down by those chains anymore, God. And that you would work through those situations in their life and those, those feelings of being unwilling to forgive, God. That you would work through those 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 situations in their life, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.